Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Even me, I have come. Yes, I have been. I am here right now. Yes, please. Come on. Thank you so much, guys. Please have your seats. How sweet. Thank you. I send greetings to my parents of Greater Kampala over there. Pastor Chris and Pastor Lynette. Yeah. Nabu Swigs. <laughs> Some of you don't know Greater Kampala, but well. And Apostle Mose, who I know is tuned in. Pastor Ari, who sent me an air hug. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are so blessed to have Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari as our beloved shepherds. Hmm. Because they have such expansive hearts. They have such expansive hearts. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Thank you so much for loving me. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for loving the body of Christ. I mean, Pastor Moses Kalanzi is in the building. Yeah. Which is a testament to, to your leadership and the love for the body of Christ. Like, not just worship harvest. We're not the only ones benefiting from that. So, thank you for setting an example for us. Not just by your words, but with your conduct. Thank you. <sighs> Guys. I send greetings, of course, since I'm on TV, to Mr. and Mrs. Matovu. Who I'll make to watch the, uh, uh, you think... I will, eh, eh, they'll watch, they'll have to watch. I bet they are wondering who got me up here. Eh, eh. Pastor Flo, I bet they're wondering. I think they're like, oh, what did she have to first like go to the bathroom for long and first puke, puke there, what? Yeah. Hmm. Am I allowed to say puke on the mic? We don't know anyway. I'll say some things. I don't know. We'll find out. When I'm watching them, <laughs> when I'm rewatching, I'll be like, oh gosh, why did I say that? I don't know. Why don't I improve? Anyway. <laughs> you guys, no, like it's a miracle for me to, stand, to be standing up here. So I had a graduation party when I graduated from school. And of course, when you're usually, right? And uh, when you graduate, most of the time people expect you to make a speech. Right? But I couldn't muster up the courage to make a speech. So I got my friend, who somehow always had a camera. His name is Matan, you might know him. And I told him, we have to shoot the speech. Because I can't get up and speak in front of all those people. Yeah, so my graduation, when it was time, okay, let's have a speech from the, what, graduate, grad something. Ding, it played on the screen. Yeah. All that to say that, wow, Apostle Mose has got me to do things that I would not 
even have done in my ninth life if I was a cat. Okay, sorry. My husband told me that I have to change my jokes because sometimes people don't understand what I'm saying. Like, nine lives. But they are too English. On that note, hi, husband. That's my husband over there, the place where you're seeing mob love being exuded in my direction. On my first, it was my third visit, worship harvest. My third visit was sitting in that place. What's that place called, Pastor Ari? The lobby, right. So I was sitting in the lobby. My two friends had invited me the third time. Show off. Okay, one of my friends, Pastor Steve, who became my brother, and my other friend, Pastor Paul, who became my husband, anyway. Look at your neighbor like you never know. Your neighbor could be your husband. <laughs> anyway. So these friends of mine had invited me to worship harvest for the third time, right? And so I get there, and the preacher, this gentleman wearing jeans and a checkered shirt, says, we're starting a new series, something, something about grace, and he's going to share from Luke 18. So I know Luke 18. I was like, hey, the one about prayer until something happens. I know that, I know that scripture. Some of you, if for instance I say I want to teach from Isaiah 61, just by example, you may say, I know that scripture, we had it last night, but you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. Anyway, I felt like I knew the whole prayer until something happened thing because I was a member of a group called Push <laughs> at campus. Now, knowing me now, you'd think maybe was I the chairperson of that group? No. I never used to like praying. Praying? Oh gosh. I was only attending because I was a leader in that sort of like church fellowship thing and all the leaders had to attend. Sort of like some people on the 5am Zoom call. Hey, sorry, what? No, not you. Not you guys. Some other people. Anyway, I digress. So, Apostle was cracking his jokes, talking, sharing and he said something. He said that we don't approach Christ like the widow approaching an unjust judge. But we approach him like a bride approaching a groom. He even had slides showing people at her wedding day. I was like, what are these words? It reminds me of what Pastor Dennis and Pastor Filter was talking talking about yesterday, about the certain man in Lystra, and how Pastor Dennis said that this man had been hearing words. Words had been being spoken to him. But on this specific day, an anointed man of God was speaking the words of God. And that changed everything. So I was like that certain person sitting there, listening, hearing the words apostle was saying, but not really hearing them cognitively. It was like they were going into my spirit. It was like I was watching my own resurrection service. He's there! Woo! Apostle, I was just talking about you. 
You see, I thought I knew God loved me until I heard apostles speaking that day. Two years, um, two years into being born again, at that time I'd been born again for five years. I got born again at 16, I was 21 that day. Um, two years after being born again, I fell into a depression. About what? What hormonal, what imbalance, what clinical depression? I mean, there are names for things. Just it's the devil, okay? Now, the kind of depression I'm talking about is not this kind where you go to your best pastry shop and you find that they don't have chocolate fudge cake, they have chocolate cake. And then you're like, oh my God, I reached there and I was super depressed. No, not that kind of depression. Yes. No, I wasn't depressed like that. I want to preach. <laughs> it was a kind of depression where you have the kind of panic attacks that make you shake. Mm. The kind of depression where when you're crossing the road, you try to move slowly so that just somehow you may bump into a careless driver. The kind of depression whereby you take painkillers because the sleeping pills are not working. And you're thinking, does Panadol have an effect on how I'm feeling? Like, not just physical pain. So most of the time when I tell people that I've ever been depressed to the point of like, feeling as if you're a little insane, they're surprised. Because I take my joy seriously. <laughs> Serious joy. I imagine that the people in the synagogues where Jesus preached, and those maybe 5,000 who are on the hill, 10,000 people, may have felt the way I felt when Apostle was teaching that day. When they heard the words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me for you. To preach the gospel to you who is poor. To heal you who is broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to you who is a captive. And recovery of sight to you who is blind. To set you at liberty, you who is oppressed. I think they might have felt how I felt. I don't know what it is for you or what it was. It could have been a dead marriage, a pile of debt, a chronically sick child. It could have been losing a loved one, a gazillion wrong choices that caused you to end up in the wrong bed or in a jail cell or in a courtroom. But just by the fact that you're here now or tuned in right now, it's probable that you had an encounter with an anointed man or woman of God who spoke the words of God to you and they revived you and restored you to life. Yeah. It's also possible that you're here <laughs> or tuned in 
because your two friends brought you, like mine did. And so then for you, today, is that day? Yeah, it's that day. It, it can be a normal day, sun shining, what, a little cold, what? The Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Now, let's get started with the summer. Yesterday, Apostle Musei taught us from Isaiah 61. So I will be teaching from Isaiah 61. Thank you. He, he talked to us about the marks of a revival. You see, in Luke 4, 16 to 20, Jesus is in the synagogue, Nazareth. And he says these words, the ancient words of prophet Isaiah, right? And he stops at that point where he's saying, and this is the acceptable year of the Lord, does the mic drop thing and sits down. So, we have to look at how it continues in Isaiah, right? Because he's quoting Isaiah's words, right? So we have to look at that. But before we go there, I think that each one of us here, or if you're in worship harvest and you're not in the room right now, we can attest to the fact that we're in the midst of a revival. Just from the marks that you shared yesterday, Apostle, I mean, I wrote down some things here. Restored marriages. I mean, most of the location pastors can attest. You've had restored marriages in your congregations. Financial resources. I mean, worship harvest, Mukono, Halabak, you know? The rising garage attendance. We want 100 65 people at the beginning of the year in worship harvest Mukono. And last week were 1,124. And that's after planting worship harvest Jogo, which is at above 500. I mean, what? Amazing. In 2019, during the one campaign, and throughout that year, we had 34 salvations. Last week we had 106. So yes, we are in the midst of a revival. And it's great. Each one of us has a testimony of a personal revival. I mean, your salvation story, your worship harvest story, how you joined that mission or community, whatever it is. But, or should I say, and... In addition to, there is more. Isaiah 61, verse 4. That's not verse 4. That's verse 4. Shall we read it together, please? <laughs> and they shall rebuild the old ruins. First stop right there. Hmm? Who is they? Who is the they? The they is the formerly poor, broken-hearted, oppressed captives who were mourning and wearing heavy garments of depression who had been delivered by the anointed one. The they is the me, Roxana, who was depending on sleeping pills to numb emotional pain, who was absolutely tired of ministry. You could not get me to pray or to lead anything 
or to sing a song. My husband can attest to that. The they is the you who was addicted to God knows what, who was tired of religion, who had just come out of a tough divorce, who was mourning the death of a loved one, and then you had the words of life, and then you were revived, and you were restored, and, and there is more. After you have been revived and restored, there is more. You know, worship harvest is one of those places, man. Joy, peace, laughter, so much laughter. And when you come here, most people come and say, you know what? I've come here to rest from ministry. Let us continue. Let us continue. For God so loved the world, not just the church, that he gave Christ. And when Jesus Christ stood up in that synagogue, probably not the one in Nazareth, because those guys were not listening, man. When he stood up in a synagogue, the one in Galilee, to proclaim his manifesto, don't think for a moment that it was only for the people gathered there that day. The revival is not only for us here in this nice room or for us tuned in and watching from wherever. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room, it wasn't only for those 120 people to have an encounter, a feel-good experience. It wasn't so that they could be healed, delivered, restored, blessing upon blessing, blessing upon blessing, whatever song. This is not a drill. Move to the right. It wasn't just for that. See, I have to learn that dance. See, a revival does not happen only for the sake of the people who are alive at the time it happens. It's not only for the people who are in the room when it happens. Stay with me. A revival was never meant to be contained between the four walls or within. Within, within sounds right. Within the four walls of a building. Or even within the borders of a nation. It was never meant to be limited by race or language. I'll tell you this. Probably you didn't know this about me. But I was not at 312 Azusa Street in April 1906. And yet I speak in tongues. After you have been revived and restored, you are the one to revive and restore the places, the cities, the nations. It is your prerogative. It is our prerogative. Eh? Yeah, 10 minutes. I can do it in the name of Jesus. Yes. Apostle Moses sent me a message, an SMS. Not today. <laughs> not yesterday. Not that day when WhatsApp was off. In 2012, in December 2012, he invited me for tea. With like 19 other young people. <laughs> and that day, in his apartment, I 16... But Dr. Emma, 
Oh gosh. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I-16, 2012, December, right? So we go there and we have tea with these guys, you know, these other people. Some of the people are here, uh, Pastor Filter, Enoch uh, Leonza, different people. And um, that day, he starts something called gang, right? So now, gang was such a landmark event in my life because it started this whole, there was this whole one year of discipleship, right? Life on life, talking about things. And then we became elders with Pastor Paul, 2016, I was 25. And then in my life, just I knew, I will never become a pastor. When I became an elder, that's the first thing I said, I will never, ever, 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 ever become a pastor. But I will be an elder, okay. Anyway. In 2018, we became location pastors, right? We have right now 42 missional communities, okay? We have Zono pastors, cohort shepherds, missional leaders, huddle leaders. These people we are discipling. We planted a location. We're going to plant another location. We're going to be planting locations for the rest of our lives. But you have to remember that it started like this. An anointed man of God speaks the words of God to you. You are revived. Once the personal revival happens, it has to move into a global revival. Yeah, it can't stop there. It can't stop there. Yesterday we learned about the markings of a revival. I'm talking about stewarding the revival. It can't stop with you. It can't stop with you feeling good. It has to move into the they part. Rebuilding old ruins. Raising up former desolations, repairing ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. The revival can't stop with us. It can't. Who have you named? Maybe let me elaborate. I have a friend of mine called Hannah Atai. Hannah Atai became my daughter. She's like 11 years older than me. Okay, that's too much. Like six. <laughs> I named her Pastor. Yes. Azono Pastor. When you see her now, Giant killer because she is that. 
How was I able to do that with her? Because someone had done it for me. Apostle Mose, Pastor Ari, Pastor Chris, Pastor Lynette. Sometimes I hear Pastor Chris's voice in my head. This is your time. You have an open door. What about like, most of the time I'm feeling like, oh gosh, this thing. Yeah, you can do it. It's like, he's here in my ears. Yeah, I didn't know that that time. I have a son called Silas. Silas joined my gang in 2019. Now, the way gang works is that you, you enter one way and come out another way. So he entered one way and came out another person who started a business. Yes, from gang. If you treat Silas nicely, he'll tell you all the other things. He started a business, a pharmacy. He got married four weeks ago. He's planting a location. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just some of the people. I have a girl called Todza. Who one day came into Worship Harvest Mokono. Calling hotel and I was preaching and she gave her life to Christ. And she's now a Zono pastor. Who have you called forth? Who have you given a chance to live a life of significance? Who have you given a second chance? Who are you on your knees for that they will stand in the face of shakings and trials? Who are you passing on these things to so that the revival doesn't stop with you? I'll end with this. John 7. John 7. Jesus tells his brothers, he's not going up to Jerusalem. They're making him go. He stays behind. Then he decides, oh, let me go. So he goes. And, I mean, this feast takes, I think, about seven days. So on the last day, of the feast. Now remember Jesus, this is at a time when people are like pissed off at him because he has said all these dope things, his bread, his what? And so everyone is pissed and they want to kill him. Imagine saying, I am bread and people want to kill you. Anyway, it was different. He was claiming to be God. So on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, that got their attention. Let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, I will tell you I was thirsty that day when I came. 
to worship harvest. I didn't know I was thirsty. You know you can be thirsty when you don't know. You don't know what's missing in your life. You think, oh, life, my life is like this. And then you hear words and they bring such discomfort and they just turn everything, you know, upside down. That scripture continues. Let's go on. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This is the system God has created. Someone is anointed. As Apostle told us yesterday, the anointing is with men. And so a thirsty person comes and receives water. And that water becomes a river of living water for other thirsty people to come and feed and drink and be made whole. And those thirsty people become rivers of living water. And so it continues. It's a multiplication. That's how the kingdom works. Little things become thousands. Small things become strong nations. That's how the kingdom works. When you drink water, You can now give water to the thirsty. Apostle said you have to recognize that you are anointed. And open yourself up wide like this. Because if you have drunk, you're now able to give. Living water. And what's this living water? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He's with us. He's upon us. He's with men. And so, I now understand why it's so important to seek the anointing, to seek the Holy Spirit. Through prayer, through the word, through listening to teachings, through attending such things, to be filled up, filled up at MC Life, we saw that demonstration of water being poured into a cup until it's full and overflowing. You're just swimming in that water. You can't even swim because it's like just taking you. And suddenly, someone who was broken is making broken people whole. And that's how we steward the revival. people. Come on. You can do better than that. My goodness. Pastor Roxy, we just need a special service where we just listen to you preach for like five hours. Because I'm like, who made time? Wow. Wow. I don't know how she constructs those sentences. You are, thank you. You have you are such a great blessing. I could listen to Pastor Roxy preach all day. 
and, and because it's not just the words, it's the spirit of God. Amen. Wow, can we appreciate Pastor Roxana one more time? Yeah. Now, before you sit, before you sit for the response, I have a surprise for everyone, including the surprise. But Pastor Moses Kalanz is here. I want him to come and share a few words in response to this message. Come on now. Can you, can you welcome? You're not doing well enough, I'm telling you. Hey! This man has... God arranges these things. I didn't know Pastor Moses was going to be here, but the thing that Pastor Roxana is preaching about that she has lived out very well. This man lives out at the speed of a rocket. Just, please, you have a few minutes to just share with us. Praise be to God, church. Hallelujah, worship harvest. Apostle Sanona, Pastor Rosanna was, was preaching here. I was writing everything down. Like to me, it is so true. I came here in February for the pastor's mentorship uh, with Apostle Mose. And my mind was blown off. In the first sessions, he was talking about the urgency of the gospel and why we need to go out and make disciples. He gave statistics about many things, and I felt we need to do something. Then he told us what to do. I had never known about missional communities, and he taught us about starting missional communities. In February, by January 2021, 20, our church was at 70 people. Today it is 6,000. 374 as of this week. Wow! So when, when, when Apostle talks about revival, we are seeing revival in our city. When I get to hear all the things that are happening, the broken-hearted being restored, I, when I get to hear the testimonies, Apostle, the testimonies the deaf and dumb speaking. Share with us some. Share with us some. There's a girl called Katushave. She is in, she's an MC leader in Lufuka zone. And they went to a children's MC and there's this seven-year-old boy who has been deaf and dumb since they were born. And the girl tells me that the boy like when they're doing the, the, play, the play part of the MC, he was really active. So when it came to the prayer, they, she prayed. And while she was praying, she, she told me, my tongue changed. And that she started speaking tongues. She didn't know what was happening to her. And then, right in the middle of the prayer, the deaf and dumb boy shouted, Jesus! 
Now, when I get to hear these things, I grew goosebumps, you know? And, and the people who are giving these testimonies are very young. They are 14, 15, 13. And she was explaining something, but she even didn't know what she was trying to explain. It was me who was giving, like, they explained something, and for me, I understand it because I'm more mature. The people who are being healed of their sicknesses in the Boza MC this week, there was a woman whom, for whom they had prepared a burial. Like the family, they said, we are not taking her to hospital. Let's just, let us just start gathering because she's about to die. This was just last week. So Pastor Barbara, who leads the zones in Boza, was the one who gave me this testimony. And she said, I am happy to report that this woman is alive and that she's going about her business. Like they had written her off. They had even, they had even started digging, digging a, 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 a grave because she's old. And then she, the, 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 the thing that really, she gave her life to Christ. I have seen people call me. There was a woman who had cancer. She looked like she called my wife. She sent messages to different people for me to come and lead her to salvation right in the middle of this period of time. And what children are doing uh, through the children's MCs is quite a lot. Um, we've seen in one MC where I've been teaching about giving. I, I teach and I I teach people and they teach others and they teach others. And in one MC this week, children's MC, they gave 80,000. So <laughs> poverty is being broken. You need to give these people some context. That, that's probably what the whole church used to give. Actually, that is less than what the whole church used to give by the beginning of this year because we could only give about 30,000 shillings and that is when people have given and you know when people all, all the old church comes and as a pastor you're like okay today they have given eh? and they even give with both hands eh? as if it's so heavy and then by the time they, <laughs> they check it is 30,000 and there's always the 50 shillings Oh, 100. And they used to give pumpkins. They could bring, um, uh, they even still bring, but now when they bring, somebody buys. And then we, we have money. Yeah. So, to me, I see a big transformation. Like this week, our collection was at 530. People come. A woman gave a testimony, Pastor. She's, she's a woman who sells vegetables in uh, Chitemu, but she stays in Pigeon, she fellowships with us. She had been collecting money and she said, I am no longer disobedient and next week I am, like she said that last week and this week she brought her a tithe 200,000 shillings. So, our pastor has been teaching about teaching people about obedience and loyalty and I've been teaching about this and I'm seeing my leaders teach it and the church is so peaceful 
we are happy. Like I have never, I was telling people here, I have some two people that I came with. I have never been so happy as a pastor and calm and, and, and peaceful like it is now. I feel like I'm doing God's work in a peaceful, I mean, you can, you feel it, I feel good. I received healing, and you know what, what is happening? Even the pastors under me, even the zonal leaders, people are finding it like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ripple, it has a ripple effect, eh? It is happening everywhere, everywhere, at all the different levels. Of the, of the discipleship hierarchy. So I'm just so thankful to Worship Harvest for introducing us to this space. It is a revival. Musumba, I have, like when Pastor, when Pastor Roxana said, it should not end with you, I was like, I have pastors in my mentorship. And one guy, Pastor Charles Karuhanga, Great Commission Mission Church, has risen his church from 29 to 163 in just one month. And you know who is going there to train the leaders? It is a guy who received Christ four months ago. Not me. He's, he's called uh, Katongole Keith. Some of you have met him. People there call him pastor. <laughs> he received Christ four months ago. He's leading, as of this week, 723 people. Margaret, Margaret Namulindwa leads an MC, leads the zone of Alufuka zone, and it has 1,005 people as of this week. She's about 22, and she's leading. Like when people are saying these things here, I'm like, <laughs> like it is. It's so difficult to believe, but it is happening because we are right in the middle of a revival. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. My leaders are helping other churches. I went to another church where a bishop had to say, he called me late in the night at around 11 and told me, what you've done for me, I am now free. So I was freed, and we are also seeing other people receiving their freedom. The pastor called me, and there was a lot of disobedience in the church. And this man had even managed to plant some churches. But the people he was leading, we are, not, we are so disobedient. So we just went in. I spoke a few, uh, um, for a few minutes, and then I called in my leaders just to share their testimonies and how they are following me hard. <laughs> and it, it shook these people, and they, they were brought to order. And Bishop calls me in the night at 11 and tells me, Otu sewaka, tomanchu onkolide. So, something is being transferred to others. It shouldn't be ending with us. I have committed apostle to, to train as many people. We are breaking out. I've left my home in Impiji. I've come closer so that we can break out into new areas. So that all other places can also see revival. I'm contacting as many pastors as I can to see that they can also receive what we have received from Worship Harvest. Because it's a joy to serve the Lord and to see growth and to see things happening. Hallelujah. May God bless you.
Wow. Can we appreciate Pastor Moses Kalanzi? Come on now. When you hear, even if it's a rumor, that your location is going to visit Grace City Church, run, go. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's foolishness if you miss that visit. Because the people who have been, they've come back and they are operating at a completely different level of the anointing. We learned, they learned from us, but now we are learning from them. Amen. Look what God can do. I mean, I wouldn't be in impeachment trying to do all of that. But it's happening. And now they are making it happen for others. And you, 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 you. Pass this thing on. You know, because you are worship harvesters, you are so used to us. This is Mose. You don't know a person came listen to me with 70 people. They are now 6,000. Those 6,000, don't think they were saved before. My fruit is starting to grow in other churches. If it doesn't grow in yours. Yeah, it is growing in other churches. So, we are seeing, when we tell you we're in the midst of a revival, it's just that you're on a small island of knowledge called your home traffic jam and your office. So you don't know what's going on out there. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge that's happening with other churches, even with worship harvest churches. But I've seen more fruit outside worship harvest than inside worship harvest. And because the prophet is not honored in his own house. So I've seen a lot of fruit out. I'm seeing a lot of fruit out there. Pastor James Kato, who you know very well, is part of the mentorship. His church has grown now past a thousand. When we started, there were about 300. And this is July, July to now, they've gone past a thousand. Pevth, I've taught about Pevth. Prayer, evangelism, invitation, teaching, healing. He sent me videos the whole time and pictures. On Saturday, he visited 42 families. Yesterday, he visited 20, 20 families. So in, in just a couple of days, this person has visited 62 families in his time. Because he's following the teaching, visitation is part of, part of, part of the whole thing. Am I making sense? So if you take lightly what you're hearing here, you're, you're going to play around with it. You don't know it has potential to save people, to heal people. It only does that when you pass it on. Pass it on. Amen. What are you going to do? Thank you, Pastor Roxy. Wow. Are you going to pass it on? Sometimes it's as simple as sharing the link. We, before you hear from Pastor Jose four times. In bold letters with emojis and, and capitals. 
and lights on our WhatsApp message. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Just share. Because you see, the reason you don't share is you don't know that what is being speak, spoken here is life. To you, it's my pastor is preaching. You know, if you are preaching, this year is coming here with lots of notes and going verse by verse. We are now delivering life because it's urgent. It's urgent. Amen. Well, our time is up. Let's get started with the day. Those who are praying, those who are going to work, we bless you. May you prosper in all that you do and pass it on when you get there. Start telling people about Jesus. Amen. And those who are staying, we are going to pray. Please remember to keep this room a prayer space for interaction and KB. You go behind to the lounge. Otherwise, keep this room a prayer space. Why don't we pray? Thank you, Father, for an incredible, incredible uplifting word from Pastor Roxy about this repairing of desolations for many generations and what you have done in her own life, through her own life, the people, the children in you, oh Lord, that she is producing and that are doing mighty works. We thank you and bless you. We thank you for the testimony of Pastor Moses. We thank you for all of us who are hearing these things. We thank you that we cannot unhear them. And therefore, you are taking us to different places to cause this revival to pass on from one person to another to another. So we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a lovely, lovely day of prayer. Let's meet here at 12.30, 12.30. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.